You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Exciting news. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com, and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need, because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. Uh, another friend on the podcast today. This is like the third time in a row I've had another. I had a friend on. It feels really. I said weird the last time I had a friend. It was Andrew, um, but it feels good. It's fun to share friend stories. I also have my wife here again today, co-hosting. This is how many have you done now? This will be number three, I think. This is number three. Yeah. <sighs> I won't say any more. <laughs> no, you enjoy it though. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad to have you because. You've probably been on now more than you listen to. It's great. <laughs> Just about. Just about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the reason you're here is because our guest today is friends of both of us, and she's a really cool story, and that's what we're going to dive into. And you have, I guess, some personal experience for some of the stuff that she does and the business that she has on the side of her real job, But which we'll all get into. Um, everyone listening is like, whoa, what is, it, what is it, all this stuff? But uh, please welcome to the podcast, Mrs. Hannah Griffiths. Thanks for having me. I know, this is, uh, I love doing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. People, like, when I, when I interview friends, they always say, you know, like, I either I have that one person who, like, reaches out that's a friend, like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. I'm like, mm, okay, no big deal. Like, oh, I have that one person I'm like, that's a friend of mine. I'm like, I want you to be on the podcast. And they're like, really? I don't think I'm worthy. And that was you, right? You're like, <laughs> yes. I don't want to, do I want to do this? Um, but no, this is awesome. Really looking forward to it. Uh, obviously we know each other through, well, I first met you through Matt, husband, Matt, who plays golf and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, I guess over that time we've become friends and mm-hmm. you and T have become friends and dove into all the fitness stuff that you do, which we'll get into later. But before we get into all that, uh, I guess how, what was like growing up in Oklahoma like for you? Well, I was born in Yukon and then I moved, we moved out to a house off of, um, I 35 in Burton road and we, I grew up on a little cul-de-sac and it really was just the perfect childhood home. Um, mm-hmm. I went to a tiny little school. Um, so I sort of, I was pretty sheltered if we're being honest, <laughs> Um, didn't really know a whole lot about anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we weren't allowed to watch PG 13 movies, not allowed to read the newspaper, just very sheltered, which looking back, I appreciate so much that my parents were, you know, basically bubble wrapped us. Um, and if, if we ever have kids, I feel like I'll do the same thing. Um, but yeah, I loved growing up in Oklahoma. I will never leave Oklahoma. I think the people here are amazing and my little community and my church and my people are really just the best. Yeah. And like T, you probably kind of have a similar upbringing, right? Kind of with like being told not to watch certain movies, but your dad, your mom telling you not to watch certain movies and then dad's like, Hey, let's watch this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, mom would let us watch like the typical Disney movies, but dad was like, Hey, let's watch Chucky. (laughs) (laughs) Nightmares forever. Yes. Uh, But I, I guess there's a lot to say about that. And I'm sure some parents now probably think they should do that a lot more. 
mm-hmm. right? Like you see some kids now, and I'm like, we don't have kids either of us, which is, you know, not in our wheelhouse right now. But I'm sure there's sometimes like, eh, I should probably not show you kid that. Yeah, I think it's hard because I there's this balance of you want your kids to know some stuff so they're not completely blindsided when they go to college and they're like, people smoke weed? Like, what? <laughs> you know, that was me. I, like, on my first day of college, people were, like, saying swear words and yeah. I was in shell shock, you know? <laughs> um, but then the older I get and then the more work I do with families, I just think, man, I wish we could shield kids from everything. Right. You know, there's that fine line of... Yeah. So, uh, mom and dad, were they always like Oklahoma born and raised? Mm-hmm. Born and raised. My dad was born in a teeny little town um, called Asher, and my mom grew up in a bunch of teeny little towns across Oklahoma. Um, they were also pretty sheltered. And yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've all been here forever. And then, like, so moving to Yukon back then was like not obviously what it is now. So it was kind of small town to small town. And mm-hmm. like, it was not a big change to move to Yukon, I guess. Right, right. And yeah, well, and my parents lived there for, I want to say at least 10 years, maybe even 15 before they, um, they were married 10 years before they had me. Yeah. Um, and so they had lived there for a long time. Um, and we only stayed there six, like four, between, I th- we built when I was like four or five and then moved when I was six gotcha. out to our other house but so Yukon high school I guess no um no. well I didn't start school until we moved to you know I was still so little whenever we moved to our you know the house I grew up in that's mm-hmm. when I started um I actually went to Southwest Covenant in Yukon for I want to say two years um and then third grade I went to a school up in Edmond that was a rowdy rowdy year um <laughs> and then fourth grade through 12th grade I went to um Christian Heritage in Dell City oh okay yeah so teeny little totally private the school. other side of yeah. the city Yep, all over. (laughs) How was that experience? Um, I loved it. Looking back, there's so many things I would say about that experience, but it was also um, extremely conservative um, in a good way. Some things I look back and I definitely have questions about, and um, it shaped me in a lot of ways just as far as being, um, I think, really disciplined and structured and consistent and some of those positive qualities. Um, I do think it led to some of the more, like, I hate to say it, but like judgmental or, or right. some of those things too, just be the people, um, that I grew up with and yeah. it is what it is, but overall I loved it. And then, so from there, I guess that then you went to university after that. Is mm-hmm. that my, get my timeline right? Yeah. So I graduated high school in 2011 from CHA and then I played volleyball for a semester in college, at Oklahoma Wesleyan up in mm-hmm. Bartlesville. Um, decided that I wanted to get married, so <laughs> skipped the volleyball, <laughs> came back. Um, I do not regret that at all, but um, I went to UCO to finish out um, undergrad, um, lived at home for a while, kind of saved up some money. We got engaged yeah. and then got married in 2014, um, which led us here. And if I know the story correctly, you um, you met Matt on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was actually my supervisor, kind of. <laughs> a little scandalous. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a cart girl um, for just... Well, I was a cart girl for several summers, but it was that first summer out of high school um, that we met. Um, and it was weird because he actually went to Oklahoma Wesleyan too but uh, to play golf, but we weren't there at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's always a weird... Yeah. Weird connection. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. He was there for a year um, before he had to come home. Yeah. Um, And then he went to SNU for a while. So we kind of had the same experience, play sports for a semester. And 
Yeah. Do you miss the sports stuff? Not at all. You know, you look back and in the moment, especially in high school, it feels like everything, you know, the Friday night game and it, it is, I think high school sports are amazing and so many lessons learned and relationships formed. But now I look back and I'm just like, man, that was not as important as it felt. Not worth the crying, not worth the stress. Um, I loved it, but I yeah. definitely don't miss it. Okay. <clears throat> I guess that leads into the fitness side of stuff that you've recently, got, well, I say recently, got into over the last couple of years, which we'll definitely touch on later. But so growing up, was going, did you always kind of know what you wanted to do? Like when you finished high school, went to university, was there like a clear cut kind of vision or was it more of just, I'm going to go to university and kind of figure it out? Kind of figure it out. I always knew I wanted to do something with psychology. So that was what my undergrad degree was in was I have a minor in substance abuse studies and then um, my major was psychology. And so I thought I wanted to be a therapist, uh, interned for a therapist, decided I hated it. Someone told me I could make a lot of money doing school psychology. Did I've been in grad school literally for like six years now. So <laughs> I did the school psychology stuff, uh, all of that, school psychometry, um, got those degrees. And actually, so I took a job. Um, I've been working at uh, a nonprofit this whole time while I've been in grad school. Um, well, I, I worked at DHS for about a year, and then I moved into the nonprofit world while I was in school with the plan of moving into, you know, the school setting. Mm-hmm. So I actually got a job at Middell Schools, um, completely panicked, and was like, I absolutely do not want to do this. I've invested, you know, what, like $40,000 in school and six years of my life. Like, what am I doing? Small midlife crisis. Um, backed out. <laughs> my uh, boss was so gracious and asked me to stay in a different role as our mental health coordinator. Um, and so God definitely ordered ordained that little detour in my plans. Um, but funny story, now I'm finishing up my third master's degree in school counseling so I can get my LPC. Um, so I can actually be a therapist now is like, so life has really come full circle. I decided, Oh, I do want to be a therapist. (laughs) So, uh, here we are. The good thing is you can use everything that Mm -hmm. you have actually learned and invested in. And like, it's not like you have a degree in like, it's not just a piece of paper Mm -hmm. sitting on a wall. Right. Yeah. Marine biology or something. Yeah. 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 Like I know some people like that too. And they're just like, why, why do I have this degree? Yes, you and know, I'm $40,000 poorer, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I console myself with that because I don't think I would have the job I have now if I hadn't gone, you know, through all of that and gotten that knowledge and right. those degrees and stuff. And so I feel like it's served me well. Um, it just was kind of like, wow, it'd be nice to have known this <laughs> yeah. six years ago, but it's okay. But now you have all this experience and you can relate mm-hmm. to everybody and the things that you have mm-hmm. to do or things that you get to see every day. Like it's all... It's experience, isn't it? And it mm-hmm. makes you much better, much more well-rounded at your job, I'm sure. And the school setting and then, you know, the therapy setting and the nonprofit setting and the work I do, it's all really closely intertwined when we're talking about the systems that kids live in, you know, their home setting, their school setting, and then all the work we do, it's all really closely intertwined. So it's nice to have a little bit of knowledge of each little right. piece, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure you this stuff that you learn every day as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always a learning experience yeah. every day. Yeah, definitely. So going through this whole like process of going to school and not like really being competitive in sports outside of high school, you kind of come full circle to, I guess, a couple of years ago is like, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I'm not happy with the way I look. I want to get back in the gym. Mm-hmm. And kick complete behind <laughs> right because that's what you've yeah. done like when you look at you like you know and you everyone sees before and after pictures and stuff but you've kind of really 
dove into it and become it like this is my passion now as well as working with my kind of side quote side hustle mm-hmm. i don't know why i don't like that term but <laughs> i do anyway um you know and now we have like you have all these clients stuff right that like is taking over not too much but you know you have mm-hmm. so what i guess and taryn has experience in this too because she's taken the programs that you've done and, and transformed too I appreciate you. I appreciate <laughs> she that. looks amazing. Thank you. <laughs> She's the best um, client. But I, I guess, like, why, what led to just making that change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a long, winding road that has been, too. Um, so, you know... <laughs> I think a lot of it comes from, you know, when I was growing up, I I did play sports. I was always busy, athletic, play, you know, practice every day. And when you're young too, I feel like your metabolism is just fact. Yeah. You just eat a bunch of donuts and it's fine. And, um, you know, and then I got engaged and I was comfy and happy and I wasn't playing sports, but I still was expecting to be able to kind of eat like I was when I played Mm -hmm. sports. And, um, and I, I feel like I've always had kind of a negative relationship with food. Um, growing up, I didn't really have like a, an education or any knowledge of what healthy looked like. I have this memory and I write about this in my ebook. Um, I have this memory, literally I was like four or five years old and I, um, went to the fridge and I just would pull out like handfuls of iceberg lettuce, which is the worst tasting food in the world. Don't ever (laughs) eat that for any reason. Um, and I would just eat it plain and I'd be like, I have to eat this because it's healthy and I'm trying to be healthy. And I just had no concept of what was good and bad. And, um, and then as I got older, it kind of transformed into this, like, well, I want to eat good stuff. So I'm going to work out to make up for it. And so I would, you know, just go run and run and, um, trying to make up for the food I was eating. And that was fine. Like I said, you know, when I was playing sports and stuff, it kind of all evened out. But then when I got older and out of, out of sports, it really caught up quick. And, and the turning point or kind of what launched everything was I had, um, you know, we got engaged. I was like, okay, I'm going to get in the gym. So I'll look good for my wedding. And I was working out really hard in the gym and running and, and doing all this stuff. And I remember I went to change clothes at the gym and, you know, like, um, fitting room lighting is like the worst. It's already like unflattering. It's just rough. Well, I'm in the fitting room or dressing room at the gym and I look in the mirror and I, my stomach is just jiggly and I am horrified. And, and I was horrified because I've been working so hard and I was like, I've been doing all this stuff. I've been eating the dang iceberg lettuce and running the stairs and I still am unhappy and uncomfortable and my jeans don't fit and my shirt won't cover my muffin top. And I'm just so frustrated. <laughs> um, and it really was kind of that not rock bottom. Cause I was like, not unhappy necessarily with my life by any means, but it was just that moment of like, okay something, I have to figure something out. Something's not working. And so that's kind of when everything changed for me as far as the nutrition side of it. Cause it had never, I'd never had a nutritional focus or never had any education or knowledge on nutrition and how that played into literally every part of my life. Um, and so that fitting room moment yeah. is what kind of, and like <laughs> I had that moment, I say not that exact moment, but like I had some form of a moment like that. Cause you, 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 you know, you kind of just like you lie to yourself, don't you? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't look that bad. And then you catch yourself in one mm-hmm. typical light, and it, okay, something needs to happen Yikes. right now. Yeah. Um, did you have that moment too? Yeah, but I 
think it was more like um, even my stretchy pants are mm. getting a little too stretched. <laughs> so yeah, and I was like, this is not this is not okay. Like I wear loose shirts and like mm-hmm. my work pants are tight and I'm I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to feel this way anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you think a lot of it had to do with like going through all the school stuff and like you know, like the therapy side of things and, and working at DHS and all that kind of stuff where you were like always outpouring on other people, but never really pouring back into yourself. Do you think that, do you think that had an issue with it or was it just, I'm working out, I want to look good. I'm just, <laughs> no, I don't have the knowledge to eat. Right. I think a combination of both. Um, I think too, growing up the way that I did in, um, you know, in specifically in a church community and then a, a Christian school. And my parents are incredibly generous and giving and always, always pouring out on others. Um, I kind of grew up feeling really guilty for taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was selfish to spend an hour in the gym doing when I could be doing something for someone else, um, or, or caring about the way my body looked. That was like vain. Um, you know, and I, I still feel in some regards, like I think it is you know, you have to be careful again with that balance, spending 10 hours a day in the gym and, you know, posting all these new, you know, half naked photos of yourself may not be, that's not the route I've chosen. Um, but I think that whenever you do fill up your own cup and you're taking care of yourself, I think it gives me more energy and more, um, I guess like desire to Mm -hmm. serve other people because I'm not so empty. Um, so yeah, I see it that way. Yeah. Also, you know, being in Oklahoma, we are one of the most, um, you know, fattest States Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and there's fast food literally on every single corner. And so you don't get that nutritional, um, education at all growing up. I know, uh, sorry, mom and dad, but when, (laughs) when we lived with my parents, yeah, it was Mm -hmm. like, you know, pizza and Chick-fil-A and ramen, uh, Brahms, like almost every single night. And that, which sounds yeah. amazing, but yeah. like growing like, up, yeah. like, it tastes amazing, yeah. but you know, it, it does not, it doesn't do anything. Well, like, and like, like Hannah, you said, it's great when you're, when you're younger, right. And you have a fast metabolism and it doesn't really matter. But when you grow up and you have to like start to think, think and learn about this stuff, mm-hmm. like, I mean, when we tried like doing like the whole plant-based stuff for like three weeks, it was horrific because we had no knowledge of like what to cook. And I felt mm-hmm. so bad. And people if they've listened to this or listened to the plant episode that we did will know this story that <laughs> I literally hated what we tried to cook for what, I say, what Taryn tried to cook for for the first three weeks but um so when you get to that point you just like dive like okay I'm gonna attack this with you know all the stuff that I've been doing with school and all like my tenacity to learn stuff for school and my job like I'm just gonna attack nutrition now instead was that kind of how it went yeah I think kind of like I was saying earlier some of those you know, character traits I developed, the discipline and the structure that can be real harsh and judgmental, I think served me well in this regard because I was disciplined. Um, you know, I, and I think that education piece was such a big part of it because I literally was just reading everything I could get my hands on and watching videos. And, um, and that's really what I encourage people to do if they are, because it is overwhelming. You're like, I want to start eating healthy, but is it iceberg lettuce only? Or can I eat cake too? Is that okay? Or what, you know, and then you start Googling and you're like, well, I should do keto or I should do the paleo diet or I should do this or that. And, and when you watch a video by someone who is, 
any of those things like a keto advocate, they're like, this is the only way, this is the way you're going to get healthy. Look at my pictures. I look amazing. You need these supplements, send me $40. I'll send you the, you know, (laughs) um, it gets sticky with the marketing and the money and all of that. And, um, so I just think the education piece of it is so important. And that's what I'm really passionate about. Um, just that even just getting started learning about what makes your, what makes up your food. I mean, eating McDonald's every day sounds delicious, but if I eat McDonald's tonight and go to the gym in the morning, I'm going to feel it. And I can't, I mean, that's happened a few times where I'll go and I don't know, like we'll go out and have tacos and queso and it's Mm. so fun. And then the next morning I'm like on the rower in the gym and I'm like, wow, this is a struggle. (laughs) And sometimes it's worth it. Um, you know, I'm never going to give up tacos and queso, but it's, but you notice it. Uh And I, and that's one thing that I noticed too, was like, you never notice it when you're just eating like that because that's how you feel all the mm-hmm. time. But you realize it. You'll only ever realize it when you do eat well and mm-hmm. then you go back and have one bad meal. Mm-hmm. I say, it's not a bad meal, but it makes you feel bad. Right. Instantly. Like some of the times, some of the meals that we've had, you know, we've gone and like had tuckers or had like a amazing steak in Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> and fuzzies. All, yeah, fuzzies and like, you know, all the rolls and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was so good. And then an hour later, I feel mm-hmm. horrific. Yeah, I just feel nauseous. Yeah. And- Do you have one of those whoop things? Have you seen those? I've seen them. I don't have them because they're expensive. The one that I saw is expensive. Do you guys have them? No, no. So it's, um, it it came up in our, in our interview with Brooke Wells. She was talking about, I think she was sponsored by them, but basically it like tracks your sleep. Oh. So, and she, what the the point that, that she made was like, she knows she can like wake up in the morning. It's tracked her sleep. And if she can see if she's eaten something bad, like for dinner the day before, and it shows in her sleep schedule, which wow. I thought that was fascinating because you don't just wake up feeling bad. Like it's mm-hmm. like full 12 hours of you not feeling good, but you don't notice it because mm-hmm. you're sleeping. Uh, and now I thought that was really interesting, but I think a lot of the athletes are now using that. I think even golfers have started using it, like tracking sleep mm-hmm. and nutrition and anyway, no free ads here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think sleep is something that I, it's one of those things that I've spent a lot of time researching as well. One of my favorite, um, sleep books is by, uh, I think his name, his last name is Walker, but his name is Matthew Walker and he's a sleep, um, like psychologist and he has a delightful accent like yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's wonderful, but he, so I had a lot of, I don't know if I would call them like health issues, but all these things over the years that I've been like trying to figure out feeling fatigued and, um, like my blood sugar would, would drop and, and spike and I would feel really weird. And, um, I spent literally years like going to multiple doctors, trying to figure all this stuff out. And, um, finally my doctor, she was so nice, but she was like, um, I think this is all in your head. And I was so offended. I didn't go back. I was like, something's wrong. I know it. I'm, I'm the boss of my own body and you know, all this stuff. I'm like hyping myself up. (laughs) So then I I started, she was like, I think that you should sleep more. And I was like, I sleep six or eight hours at, you know, whatever, all this justification. Well, I was like, well, I'm exhausted. So I'm just going to try it because I have nothing left to lose, you know? And so I started, um, trying to get like nine to 10 hours of sleep. Yeah. I'm a new woman. Like, and I, that's not practical for every night. Um, but people neglect sleep. They yeah. think I will sleep when I'm dead. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to stay up till, you know, 2 a.m. and work. And then I'll get up at 6 and work out. It is not like, sustainable. Rest. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of, mm-hmm. you know, how much sleep affects everything. That's another thing that Brooke said too is like that she's known in the community for being like the, the sleep queen because she <laughs> sleeps like 10 hours. I'm like, how do you sleep that long? I mean, when you're working out literally all day, I oh can gosh, understand yeah. that, but also like, it's amazing how much it really helps. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. your body can recover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, I we don't go, we don't 
it's funny how we've actually like go to bed now at like eight thirty nine o'clock, right? <laughs> oh, I am cranky if I'm not mm-hmm. in bed by nine o'clock. Yeah, y'all are early risers though, right? Uh, we've been we try. We've been slacking recently, but yeah. you, well, I say we are not early risers. The dogs are early risers. <laughs> they force us. This morning it was like four fifty five. Mm-hmm. Seth, he's like, yeah. mm, it's time to eat now. No. Like. <laughs> Okay, my my queen, I should have slave over you. Your wish is my command. Uh, yeah. yeah, pet parent probably. It's funny how they're on a strict schedule. You know, the dogs are like 5 to 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. Like that's their eating time. And they know it too. Yeah, she gets cranky and so, angry. It's and so funny. Me too, I get it. <laughs> I feel like a 5 a.m. wake up time was something when I was younger that I would never have imagined. Oh, like same. I thought I could not do it. Yeah. I thought it was impossible. Even a year ago. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was like, I'm not like, I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. I want to sleep until mm-hmm. the last minute possible. Yeah. And, I could yeah. get up early for golf growing up. That was the only thing I could get out of bed <laughs> uh-huh. for. Regardless of what time it was, I could easily get out of bed. But I'm like, for anything else, mm, no. Do you remember how Tim Broughton would have to sleep in his car so he wouldn't yes. be late? For- <laughs> Did you know this story? <laughs> oh, so we had like 6 a.m. workouts as a team, right? Mm-hmm. And Tim, so like he was late a few times. I mean, by late, I mean he didn't show up because he slept <laughs> through it. And he'll tell you this as well. But there was a few times he just like, I'm just going to park it outside the gym and sleep in my car. <laughs> so we just knock on his window, wake him up, and go into, come on, it's time to go. Get up. <laughs> Which now doesn't make any sense because mm-hmm. you just have the worst night's sleep sure. ever and now you have to work out. Uh, but <laughs> so you go from, I guess, you know, making this change and, and realizing that it's time to get healthy or eat healthy and learn more about food and and get better and the goal is like you know want to look better and feel better and all that stuff and you drop was it 40 pounds mm-hmm. yeah right Which about 40 amazing right like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible like and taryn's been we've been working out recently taryn has been carrying a 25 pound weight vest around mm-hmm. when we go walk in the morning she's like i can't believe i used to carry this round can you imagine trying to carry 40 pounds around now no it's, it's crazy isn't it? but you don't realize it right? and, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so you go through all that and then it's like did you, were people asking you a lot about it after you kind of like posted saying, Hey, I actually, cause I'm sure, I mean, obviously people knew, mm-hmm. but they didn't know the actual figure. Mm-hmm. So when did people start like reaching out and asking, I guess not really, were, were they like, Hey, help me. Or, or were they like, <laughs> so, so how did you do this? And I kind of want to help, but I, you know, did they, cause I know how people are as well they're curious but mm-hmm. they don't want to be like they don't want to ask for help they don't mm-hmm. ask for help or commit so. they don't want to commit <laughs> yeah and you're like i did this this yes. and this like, like the like, 75 mm-hmm. day thing that we're doing yeah. people are like i don't want to do that i'm out yeah, yeah. um so yeah well, what was that like after losing all that you know all that weight and like learning so much about nutrition and and everything that goes with that to like having like an mm-hmm. ebook and business <laughs> and like a story about all this stuff yeah um so i think it the the question started, I mean, the questions kind of came throughout as I, people could see it was like making different choices in my food and all that kind of stuff. People had questions, you know, Oh, are you on a diet? Are you trying to lose weight? All that kind of stuff. And then I posted on my social media, basically just like a, a before and after I kind of had hit this, I didn't really have like a goal weight, but it was basically a year. So 2016 to 2017 was kind of the year that I lost all the weight and it took me about nine or 10 months. So February of 16 to probably October, November of 
yeah, seven, right? Is that like a year? I don't know. Yeah. Math mm-hmm. is hard. Um, but <laughs> at the end of that, that's when, okay, so 40 pounds down, I posted about it, you know, and I, I talked a little bit about some of the things I've learned. And that's kind of when people started asking me, kind of that helped me, like, I want to know what you're doing. Um, a lot of people ask me, what products are you using? What are you selling? Stuff like that. And so that was really exciting for me to be able to say, you don't have to buy you anything. You don't have to buy anything, um, yeah. Let's just talk about it. And I think for me, the biggest thing... I wanted to lose weight for sure. I was right. unhappy with the way my body looked. And I was in a couple weddings and we had these like little peach colored dresses and I saw a picture and I was like, <laughs> I'm humiliated. Um, which I hate that, that I look back and I, you know, something that I really, I think it's something we all do though. I've done it. Yeah. You look at a picture and you're just like, you're like Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think people start, they wanted to know, like, is this something I can do? And I tell people literally, if I can do it, anyone can do yeah. it. Cause I have mm-hmm. no skills, like nothing. And so I don't know. That's kind of when things started, the, the questions started coming. Yeah. And then you, cause you've, you had like a, I guess you have a small group of friends that you had, right? You're like, okay, I'm going to start a little Facebook group mm-hmm. and we're going to help everyone out. And then was that like a trial? If I can do this and people can have an impact, then I guess I can really, you know, like put myself into it and make some money off it mm-hmm. and pay for all the gym classes or just have some money coming back right for all the time that comes into it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, I even feel weird now charging people money because I am very upfront in my book. I'm like, what you're about to read is from Google. Like everything I've learned, I don't have any degrees in nutrition or, or kinesiology or anything fancy, um, you know, health and wellness related. Um, but people are incredibly overwhelmed. Like I was saying with the keto and the paleo, you start Googling and, um, Oh, well you should do more, uh, you know, hit training or less, you shouldn't lift weights because then you're going to do this. You know, there's just so much information. And so I took all of that information plus the, you know, four years of trial and error with my own body and then put it into what I feel yeah. like is an easy kind of a step-by-step guide. Like, here's what you need to know. Here are the basics. Um, stop getting stressed out about, you know, protein shakes and all this these details, like here's the basics. Here's what you need to know. This will work. Like I can promise you it will work. It um, does work. And it does, right? <laughs> I can promise you it works. <laughs> yeah. It works. It's, it's math and it's science. And it's hard because when we talk about it in that regard, like it is math and science, it's numbers, but especially for women. So sorry, gentlemen listening, my whole, you know, platform or program is really geared towards women specifically. Um, and even more specifically women who are kind of beginning, this is definitely not for your Brooke Wells or your elite athletes. Um, but it's for just regular normal gals who work a desk job and just want to make some changes. We're not trying to be competitors. We're not trying to be bikini models. Um, we just want to have our jeans fit over our waist and which is like 90% of women. Yeah. It's just normal women. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need, you don't have that ten you know, like percent. probably less than ten percent who are mm-hmm. like athletes and elite athletes and still have maintained a good diet their entire life. Right. Yeah. So I think and, you're onto a winner there. Yeah. Well, and, I, and really the whole when, you know when I when we actually get into it, my whole I don't know platform sounds dramatic, but I want women to feel so empowered to with the knowledge that I feel like I lacked for so many years to make choices that fit with their needs. Um, when you have all the information, you can make educated choices and you're not just following a meal plan or following, um, you know, a workout app or something that's telling you what to do. I want women to know what to do on their own. Mm -hmm. So when they go to the gym, they're not like, 
what do I do now? Um, they understand why they're doing what they're doing and they go to the grocery store and can plan their own meals and do all this stuff on their own and they don't have to pay someone yeah. forever, you know? Well, and I think a, one thing that I know T spoke about was also like the sense of like community that you mm -hmm. have within the group, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not just like, and it doesn't have to be within the group specifically, but just in general in, you know, it's much easier when you have five, six, 10, 15 of you on this journey together rather than just one person mm -hmm. struggling mm -hmm. like the trial and error in the four years that you mm -hmm. went through. Like that's mm -hmm. why you have this is because yeah. you can help. And then it goes back to you basically wanting to help people from a young age mm -hmm. and the way you've been brought up to, oh, now I have this awesome experience. Mm -hmm. I've gone through it myself. It's natural for me to help it, help mm -hmm. others. When I believe I really in it cool. like so strongly in the sense that I want women to feel amazing in their body. Like it is so, women are a tough crowd. We are hard on ourselves. We're hard on each other. We're petty. It's a lot, man. <laughs> I'm like, there is room for everyone to win. Um, just because someone else looks good doesn't mean I look bad, you know? And that's kind of, you know, the whole premise behind everything is at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the number on the scale says. It doesn't matter what size jeans you wear. If you're comfortable, if you're happy, I can help you. If you know, if you, if losing weight gets you to that point, like I can help you with that. But I, people need to understand that that number in their jeans tag or, you know, on the scale, it's not going to make them happy. Um, I think that's so important. And just being able to feel awesome and confident in their own skin, I think yeah. is the, the bottom line. And that's really the premise of the book too, is people are like, I ate a salad and so I did really good today. And then, or I ate a donut and I'm, a, I'm bad. I'm naughty. I'm like, it's just a donut. It's like, you didn't commit a crime, you know? Like, Food is right. not bad. Yeah, yeah. There's no moral value. It's just, and so kind of taking, um, you know, these preconceived notions or these like fitness myths or whatever. And I call them mind shifts in my book. Um, we're shifting our mindset from food is bad. I'm bad. This is negative. Diets are restrictive to, Hey, literally you can eat anything you want. Fuzzies, steak, rolls, eat it all. Um, Just eat less. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I ate ice cream almost every single day mm -hmm. and lost 18 pounds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you're happy. You I feel like you never felt restricted or no. like you couldn't have something, mm -hmm. you know? And that's the beauty of it. It's like yeah. you don't have to give up what you love yeah. in order to lose weight. Well, and like the first time... She, we had like a package in the mail. I'm like, oh, you have a package. What have you got now? And it's like mm -hmm. this giant little scale. I'm like, what are you doing with a tiny, <laughs> tiny little scale? And now, uh, you know, it's counting macros mm -hmm. and weighing all your food and everything that you talk about makes total sense. But at the at the time, I'm like, and then we have a new one now, don't we? We've gone through a few. We're, we have a new fancy food scale. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> it's time for a new one. Yes. Uh, so, so and, and we can dive into that more, right? Like that's, a lot of it is to do with how much you eat and like I said Taryn ate you know ice cream every single day and lost 18 <laughs> and pounds so and tacos mm -hmm. and burgers yeah. and yeah I did so. not I mean yes I was disciplined mm -hmm. but that's not everything mm -hmm. you know yeah so you want to dive into that a little mm -hmm. bit more like yeah. we can explain it for people listening sure so kind of like my the way I teach people, the method yeah, I use. Yeah, yeah, sure. So really the bottom line, it sounds so simple and people hate this, <laughs> but it sounds so simple. If you eat more calories than you're burning, you're going to gain weight. If you eat less calories than you burn, you're going to lose weight. And if you eat the number of calorie, you know, 
if, if those numbers are equal, mm-hmm. you're going to maintain your sure. weight. Every person fluctuates one to five pounds pretty much every day. That's totally normal. But in general, you want to see kind of a, you know, if you want to lose weight, great, you get to that end point and then you want to kind of maintain. Cause that's what a lot of women struggle with is this. I, I lost 10 pounds because I ate a thousand calories every day for six weeks. Um, now I'm starving and I'm going to eat all the things and my weight is going to spike back up. And now I have to start over. And it's just this constant cycle of dieting and losing mm-hmm. and gaining. And, and that is so frustrating. You go to a party and you can't eat something. And then you're like, I've been so good today. I'm going to eat a treat. And then the seal is broken and you eat you know, eight treats and it just escalates. And so really the way I I try to explain to people is you have this calorie range that, um, and I help people like, so the clients that I work with, I help them set a range that fits their needs, their body, their experience. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, but really the goal literally is to stay in your calorie range. Um, and it's hard because I think sometimes you know, there's this intuitive eating movement where it's like, just eat what feels right. And like your body will tell you when you're full. And that is so hard in our society. With, I can, yeah. My brain does not mm-hmm. tell me when I'm full. No. My brain says, may, this is yeah. taste amazing. You should keep eating. I may feel satisfied, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop eating because yeah. it tastes so good. Right. And that's a hard, and especially with the way our food is processed these days and stuff. And it's just almost, I think the people that can do that, please teach me. I will buy your ebook. Um, <laughs> but that's hard, man. And so I think whenever we're, so like the scale, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. the kitchen scale is my favorite tool. Anyone that works with me, I require them to purchase one. They're like 10 bucks on Amazon. Easy breezy. People might think you're a drug dealer. It's fine. (laughs) Um, They also have like mini pocket ones that I've thought about getting. Same. (laughs) For when we go out to restaurants, like I just want to weigh my food. (laughs) No shame in that game. Um, don't do drugs, but, (laughs) but yeah, so like, it's just this, again, this education process of as you weigh food, um, and you kind of can see like from nutrition labels and then lots of Googling and, and the weighing and all that, you can start to see visually how much food equals a certain number of calories. So I now am at the point four years later, I can kind of look at a plate of food and see, okay, this is about, I don't know, half a cup or, um, 84 grams of this. And this is how many calories that equals, Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I still weigh because I enjoy it. I'm, you know. It's routine now. Is yeah, yeah. And it's easy. It's quick and easy. People get really overwhelmed. They're like, this took me an hour to do. And um, it gets like anything. It's hard in the beginning and yeah. then it gets easier. Um, so I can do my whole day in like literally five minutes. Um, but that's the whole thing is you weigh these these items out, you track them, and you can see I ate, you know, within my calorie range today. And I know cognitively because I stayed in my range, I'm not going to gain weight or I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to stay yeah. on track, whatever your goals are. And to me, that creates the ultimate sense of freedom, which is the title of my ebook, um, because there's no stress. Like I don't have to worry, oh, I feel bad for eating this because I don't know if I'm going to gain weight or is this too much or too little. Um, having that knowledge in the concrete numbers gives you freedom. And I think some people don't feel that way. They think it is, you know, like if you count calories, you have an eating disorder or something. Or you're obsessive or whatever. I might be obsessive, but (laughs) I feel amazing. So whatever, you know, and it's, it doesn't, the way I just described it doesn't fit every person's lifestyle perfectly. There's lots of ways to modify and make it fit for your lifestyle. I don't think that it has to be, you know, my way or the highway by any means, but that's like the basic general principle. If you stay in your calorie range, you're good to go. Yeah. I know. Like to the, to the, the other side of it, the working outside as Mm -hmm. well. What was it like when you first started? Because I know a lot of people listening, and I've made this mistake as well, is like you go to the first time you go to the gym, you're like, I'm going to crush it. And then you can't walk for three days (laughs) after. Yeah. Like, what were your workouts like? 
Um, so when I was losing fat in the beginning, I did, um, a lot of cardio. I did a lot of stair climbing, a lot of running. I enjoy cardio. Some people mm-hmm. hate it and they don't want to sweat. And I get that. Um, I personally enjoy it. So I did a lot of cardio and I say a lot, I did 30 minutes of cardio four days a week. So yeah. not excessive by any means. Um, but, and then I did start trying to learn how to lift weights in college. You would think I would have learned playing sports, but I never did. Um, so that took a lot of work learning what exercises I could do that didn't hurt my back and that were comfortable for me and that I could, you know, you have that gym anxiety, like all the men are mm-hmm. at the dumbbell rack and you're like, excuse me. Um, but that was something that, you know, you kind of just have to push through, excuse me. I need that five pound dumbbell. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, so that's, I did, and I did the weightlifting and then I really got into HIIT training. So high intensity interval training, which I'm obsessed with. And I recommend to everyone that can do it without it causing, you know, people that have knee issues and stuff, the jumping can be hard on their knees, but, um, it's super quick. You're doing 15 minutes of hard, high intensity work and then it's over. Um, and it burns a lot of calories really quickly. Um, and so I did a lot of that. I did circuits. Uh, I literally would just YouTube, 15 minute at home circuit. And I would do them. I would get up early in the morning and do them before work. And then I would come home and run or do jump roping or lift some weights. Um, kind of hodgepodge it together. But for, so from, from the beginning for people listening that want to start out, it was Mm -hmm. kind of low intensity, just kind of build a base kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. cause I know, like like I said, I've made the mistake of diving (laughs) right in and you try and do a, if, if some people listening want to start now and they go and try and do a high intensity 15 minute class, Mm -hmm. like it's going to be miserable for the, you're going to be done in five minutes. Yeah. Like and you're going to be miserable. a baby giraffe tomorrow trying yes. to walk. And <laughs> so absolutely. Like building that base is yeah. very important, yeah. isn't it? And then going into just progressing to what you are now, which is like, and these 15 minute classes, like I said, it's, it is, it is what it says on the tin. Like it's very, very intense. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, and which is great because you work all day and you just want 15 minutes mm-hmm. to, to do you burn as much calories as possible and then you can go on with your day and then you're done yeah Yeah. i definitely tell people be smart don't hop in and try to lift a 50 pound dumbbell if you have not lifted weights in 10 years that's a bad for your body i mean you're gonna pull something or like you said you're just gonna be miserable and then you have to sit out for three days and then you're having to restart the process and so you know for a beginner i say literally just get on the treadmill walk walk with your dog go to the park you know, get on the Stairmaster, do the elliptical, just something to ease into it, to get yourself into the routine. Because at the end of the day, we're not, again, we're not trying to be bodybuilders. We mm-hmm. don't have to be, you know, ripped, just getting started into building that routine and those, um, habits to me is the biggest thing, because if you can get to the gym, half the battle's over, um, you know, go in with a plan, whatever it is for you. If you have 30 minutes plan out, um, you know, a little, work out on the treadmill where you could do walk at an incline for a minute and then go back down to flat for a minute, back up to an incline, just something like that. Mix it up, do something that you enjoy, get a good playlist, get, Mm -hmm. you know, your favorite bachelor episode on (laughs) whatever you got to do. The office. Yeah. The office office. always. Yep. Just cue it right on up. Um, but yeah, just starting slow and, and being kind to your body. People think, you know, that you have to jump in and kill it. And it's like, well, be yeah. gentle on your body. Well, and as well, for people who have that like gym anxiety, there's mm-hmm. you don't need a rack of weights. Mm-hmm. You can do it at your house with YouTube and like just body movements, like doing squats and push-ups and lunges and whatever and sit-ups. Like you don't need to wait for that stuff. Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah. That can be done. Almost anything can be modified to be done at your house. And people hate on like body weight exercises, like, oh, it's not gonna do anything. Well, it's gonna do something. Tell me after an hour. <laughs> yes. Do some squats and call me tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um 
how can everyone like reach out? This is your chance to because I know you're super <laughs> humble and you don't really like this. this is gonna make you. Yeah. This is gonna make you feel really mm-hmm. awkward. But like, this is your chance. So, how do people buy the ebook? How do they reach out? How do they websites done now? Mm-hmm. How do they go to the website? Yeah. So I set up a Squarespace website. So side note, super easy. Um, my website is freedomwithhan.squarespace.com. Okay. Um, everything's on there. The ebook is easy to purchase. Um, I have a little one-on-one um, coaching thing you can purchase. Um, it'll notify me and I'll reach out and we can connect and, and talk about kind of what your goals are. And also there's just like a contact me form. So if you just have questions and you're like unsure, you're mm-hmm. on the fence, let's talk. Let's see kind of what what we can do. Um, and then I'm also, so we're in the middle of a coaching group right now. Um, it went from January to the end, it ends at the end of March. And then I'm going to start, I think another one in April, maybe closer to May. Um, but the pre-registration stuff is on there. So if you're more into the group format, then that's the way to go. Mm -hmm. Some people don't like the group. They're like, just tell me, you know, what I need to know and let's do one-on-one. And so I kind of set that up, that option up as well. Um, but that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. My phone number is on there. I text and then my email and it has a little contact box too. Great. And the thing that like, the reason why I wanted to have you on and the fact that like, I love this story is like, you're not a full-time nutrition fitness coach. Like you haven't have had an experience and you, you know, improving others by giving this service to other people. You work nine to five. You're a full time job. <laughs> Busy. Yeah. Um, and it's not just like your normal cashing in. Like you, you have a very intense job that you do and dealing with kids and all the rest of it for, you know, the stuff that we talked about earlier. Like it's, that's why I love the story. Mm-hmm. It's because you, you know, you've taken something, you've taken a passion or a life experience that you've had and you've turned it around to help others. And Taryn is a prime example <laughs> of someone that you've helped. Yeah. So awesome. Well, everyone listening uh, I'll put all the links down below that Hannah just mentioned and if you want to learn more about food get into looking better mm-hmm. and just take that first step reach out uh, definitely worth it so. yeah you won't regret it <laughs> I guarantee yeah <laughs> awesome well, thank you so much thanks for listening and we will catch you next episode cheers this podcast was presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who've been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and definitely on Instagram at OklahomaHOF. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.